I'm Silvahara Petian. Welcome to my show. We talk ordinary people, extraordinary stories, living life on their own terms. Hello, everybody. I'm Silvahara Petian. Thank you for joining us for another important conversation in these times, in these challenging times in 2020. Joining me today is Edith Alaverdian. She is a licensed associate psychotherapist and one of a very important group of people who have been working through this pandemic, working through 2020. In fact, I think most psychotherapists and, and psychologists and therapists in general have been incredibly busy. One of the reasons I wanted to have her on today is because many of you may know or may not know for my non-Armenian friends and viewers and listeners, uh, the Armenian community has been going through some very challenging times in the last 10 days. This is a war. It may not be in a region familiar to most and it may not even involve people you care or know much about. If you don't know what's going on, I encourage you and challenge you to maybe just Google Armenia and Artsakh. Um, I'll do my best to put some links on uh, associated with this video so you can educate yourself on what's happening. In fact, what's happening is not only a humanitarian matter, it has global, political and historic implications that impact you and me today and forever. I wrote a comprehensive article about details of how this is making the Armenian community feel about the facts and the information that everyone needs to know and understand in order for them to determine how they feel and where they stand on this particular issue. And I'll just give you a quick summary uh, as a pretext and context to the conversation that we're about to have. Um, essentially, there are millions of Armenians scattered all over the world. But there is the Independent Republic of Armenia currently, which we all, whether we were born there or were exiled or our generations removed from the 1915 Armenian genocide, have some sort of emotional, mental, psychological and transgenerational connection to. Artsakh is a South Caucasus territory north of Turkey and Iran. To its east is Azerbaijan. Artsakh has been part of Armenia and its ancient land to Armenians since 150 BC. In 1988, there's been conflict in that region for a sliver of land called Nagorno-Karabakh and also called Artsakh that essentially separates Armenia from Azerbaijan. So if you know your world map on one side, you have Turkey, who has 90 some odd million people. You have Armenia that has 3 million people. You have Artsakh that is very, very small. And you have Azerbaijan, who also has significant number of, of people and a very big population. And in the middle is this Christian land and Christian community and Christian race and culture that has been there dating back to the fourth century. There's been churches that were built in the fourth century and after. And there's been, always been conflict and fight over this land. But 
this isn't just about land. This isn't just about a property. This isn't just about territory or politics. This, for Armenians, it is so much more. It is an existential really battle and fight. How terrifying it is when the city is being shelled. And the reason for that is because the 1915 Armenian genocide essentially exiled and displaced people who lived in that region all over the world, which is why if you have an Armenian friend or two or three or five and you've been on your social media feed, you have seen protests all over the world of people, of Armenians coming out and speaking out about what's happening. Essentially, Azerbaijan and Artsakh, this very small land between Armenia and Azerbaijan, have been fighting for territory. However, what's been happening is that civilians have been targeted. Hold on. Here, here. Just stay here. Okay. And Azerbaijan wants to make genocidal acts here against all Armenians. This is what life has been like in Nagorno-Karabakh's capital, Stepanakert, for more than a week. They're shooting. Come over here. It's coming in close as the men fight in the front lines. We're not scared and we don't think about our life right now. We think about our country. Women and children are underground in unheated basements, sheltering day and night from ongoing violence. There is a war crime that is unfolding right before our eyes, um, which is extremely triggering to a group of people who have trench generational trauma for surviving a genocide that has never actually been um, recognized. And this is why having someone like Edith Alaverdian with us to talk about the impact and triggers of what is happening is so incredibly important. We are in the middle of a fight worldwide to get attention to this matter. We are in the middle of fighting for our existence, but we are also in the middle of having to cope with one of the most difficult, ooh, I get goosebumps as I talk about it, um, one of the most difficult fights of our lives. in order to understand this and unpack this and figure out how to cope with it, in order for us to be able to figure out how to talk to our children about it. So um, let's talk about that, shall we? And I'm just a very emotional, as you said, difficult battle because it's just, uh, you know, it's absolutely, it's not, a, it's about humanity. It's about humans, it's about the children. And it's just such a loss. And I think we're all experiencing so much that and it's, itself it's just so hard to really identify what we're feeling you know and we're just a rage of emotions like there's anger there's resentment there's sadness and so and this is why I thought I'm like wow like this is a perfect time to bring up intergenerational trauma because this is what we've been experiencing since 1915 and it's never properly pro uh, properly been talked about. Mm -hmm. So this is a perfect way to kind of educate people that this is a real thing that we're experiencing. And one perfect example is like, you know, you hear non-Armenians non always say, well, why are Armenians always so loud? Why are they always so aggressive when they speak? It sounds like you guys are always fighting. We always hear it. And it's because we are loud and we are passionate because we're constantly 
since 1915, we've been wanting to be heard. We have been wanting to prove that, acknowledge us, this is happening, this is happening, and it's continuing to happen. So naturally, our voices are going to be high-pitched. Our body language is going to be at high pitch because we're always seeking validation, acknowledgement that we're properly never giving to us. And so- it's so interesting you say that because we're talking about it in such a big scale, right? We're talking about it in, for- in terms of genocide in terms of race, in terms of a a group of people. But all of that, when we talk about intergenerational trauma that is passed on through DNA, through stories of years and years and years and years, essentially seeps into our lives. So this isn't just about Armenians, but if you've ever had an Armenian friend, if you've ever had a relationship with an Armenian, understanding the background brings a lot of context. And it's so funny you bring this up because a friend of mine recently said to me, you know, I'm right here. I don't know why why your volume is so And it's true. It's all, we've always been that way because essentially that is something that we have always been seeking is validation. We want to be heard. And which is something that is so incredibly powerful with what's happening today is that um, in just nine days, our voices, even though we're a very small group of people in, in comparison to the world, have been able to literally stop traffic in the middle of 101 and the 170 in in Los Angeles, which is like a nightmare for people in order to get media coverage for this. And, And this isn't, again, if you're watching this and you want to send me some hate mail, do whatever you want. But here's the thing. This isn't about taking sides. This is about our humanity. This is about why we should care. This is about why you should stay informed. This is about why you should read up on what's going on because what is happening in this region we've seen happen before. History repeats itself. Please read my article. I cited the fact that the the, the genocide happened in 1915. The Holocaust followed. And then since then, we've had Rwanda, we've had Cambodia, we've had Libya, we've had so many other countries targeted people for their religion for their for their race for their for their the color of their skin so mm-hmm. if you don't care about this this is what comes to your doorstep case in point black lives matter we as humans have to care about how we treat each other and at this point this is what's happening so let's talk a little bit about coping mechanisms you asked me right before we started talking how are you doing mm-hmm. That's my clinical brain, right? Instantly, you're like, how are you feeling? Like, how are you coping with your thoughts? Because sometimes it's so hard to identify what we're feeling and what we're thinking. And when I ask that question, I always want, like, you know, this goes to everybody. I mean, we're not just specifically targeting the Armenian population. Anyone that's struggling with intergenerational trauma, turn the feeling, if it's hard to identify, into your body. Mm. And notice what your body is feeling, then it's easier to identify what you're feeling. So if you're shaky, you get goosebumps constantly, you're tearful, you're confused, overwhelmed, that's all symptoms of trauma. Mm-hmm. And we're all experiencing it. And this is why the protest is helping us. It's a great coping mechanism. Get out there and do your peaceful protest. It's so helpful because you get pumped, you get motivated. You're standing next to another brother or another sister who's experiencing the same symptoms. Mm. So it's a beautiful way to release those like 
bad juju, that toxicity that's like running in our body. Right. That's number one coping, uh, coping mechanism. Is an outlet. Is and, and in this case, it's the protest. But in general, if you if protest is not happening if all the time, you have yes, to find absolutely. an outlet. Outlet. Yeah. Go connect with people. Connect with peers. And mind you, be very careful of who you're connecting with. Because somebody could shut you down and say, mm-hmm. well, that's nothing. Like, you you know, what is the Armenian genocide? My people have been through blah, 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 so and so and so. And you can feel very defensive and discouraged. So, mind you, it's also very important to understand who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm all for, like, educating people on current affairs. But sometimes people are not there yet. Yeah. And we're not you're not getting that same response. You're going to like shut down. It's going to make matters worse and anger is going to come up. So just be mindful of who you're connecting with, connect with people who have been through similar experiences, who understand what the intergenerational trauma is about, not fully, but have like a sense of understanding. Mm. Like I, I wouldn't go and like, uh, you know, explain my symptoms to someone who doesn't really understand, you know, yeah, one can I'm going to I'm going to interject and tell everybody one of the worst things you can do is to engage with someone online who's hiding behind a keyboard who's mm-hmm. 90% of the time probably a bot um or a troll. One of the worst things you can do when you are experiencing and when you find yourself in that place is to do that because essentially what you're doing is you're digging yourself into a deeper hole because you know you're never going to get anywhere. And if someone is hiding behind a keyboard, they're they're more likely to be a lot more courageous than if they are in your face. So refrain from engaging online um, because that really is, uh, that impacts our mental health. And you said, how are you feeling? I'd like to talk a little bit about that because I think what I'm feeling is very similar to what a lot of people are feeling. And I'm going to try to articulate it so we can sort of unpack it and also put it into perspective and help people sort of figure out what to do with it. So a couple things. Um, this has been a very confusing time for me um, because my Armenian side and my human side and my compassionate side um, feels for what's happening. And mostly because I'm connected because I'm Armenian, uh, because for generations I've heard these stories, because because I have, when I was younger, been very active in organizations that really um, are proponents of of protecting the culture and protecting race. Um, but and and also to, to add another le- level, I was born in Iran, so I'm a child of, of war. So I have lived through what these children and families are living through, which is bombs and missiles and rockets and shells, you know, landing and not knowing where it's going to go. And, and the feeling of that helplessness is overwhelming at times. And when I, when when, every time I talk about war, that is the experience I go back to. Um, And, and this is what I really truly struggled with when I was a journalist and where I, as a journalist um, is having to cover these events or having to talk about these events because I don't think about it from the political standpoint or geopolitics. I think about it from the very basic human perspective. Mm -hmm. I was one of those kids. And to watch some of those images and to see what's happening is just incredibly heartbreaking. And I say confusing because there's a journalist in me who has been trained for 20 some odd years to tell a balanced and fair story. So that is a a big word. Huh? 
Those are big words that you're using. Yeah. So um, there's always a, a constant conflict. I share this to say that those two things can exist at the same time. I'm thinking at it from a clinical perspective. If a client was asking me that question, mm -hmm. like how would I approach that? Because that's how my brain has been wired right, yeah. for over years. And I always go back to mindfulness. Mm. When, when, when you don't know what you're experiencing, it is the most anxiety provoking thing on this planet. Like, right. You know, just brief example, Trump, or Biden, oh my God, what, I don't know, I don't know, it's confusing, one is good, one is bad, you know, it's very conflicting, and a lot of anxiety come up, and then you start, like, kind of gaslighting yourself in a way, like, <laughs> and you do, like, gaslighting, like, other people gaslight, but you can also gaslight yourself, and mm -hmm. this is, like, a common thing that comes with intergenerational trauma, you know, like, is this real? Could this be real? What am I feeling? What if I vote for the wrong person, or what if I protest, or what if I donate money but i'm donating for the wrong cause what if the truth is over there in this land what if you know it is so confusing so i think the important thing is to like kind of switch the feeling to what is right i don't know what is right to what am i really feeling mm -hmm. you know because it, it does get confusing and i get it but it's about you at the end of the day like what are you feeling so turning that the questions of why and what if and how come or what if i vote for this person or what if i side with this land, kind of like what, um, I think it was like Cardi B and Elton John that posted things of like, our talk, life is our talk, but then they put the information Took it down. down, put it down. It's very conflicting. And Armenians are like, oh, like, unfollow them. Like, I get it. Like, I'm in the same, like, how dare you? You know, it's very hurtful. But at the end of the day, I turn it back to like what I'm feeling about it instead of projecting to what's right and what's wrong. So I would honestly cope with it by being mindful of what I'm really feeling. Like, wow, like this is a really confusing situation. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to be gentle with myself in this process. Maybe really accept that it, it is a very confusing situation. And me, particularly, let's just say if you're a non-Armenian, me being a non-Armenian, I want to side for humanity, not necessarily who's right and what's wrong. I'm going to really accept what I'm feeling. And I think what I'm feeling is empathy. Mm -hmm. I think what's coming up for me is empathy and sympathy and going from that versus, you know, like taking action. It's not about the action. It's about the feeling and the confusion. Thank you for clarifying that. By the way, that makes sense. yeah, it does make sense. By the way, just so everybody understands. When things like that happen, when people come to support and then they withdraw their support, by the way, that's another huge trigger of denial and betrayal mm -hmm. for the community, for us individuals, because you are just you, essentially by doing that, you are perpetuating the thing that we have been feeling for generations and have been so desperately fighting for, which is when you talk to an Armenian, if you have an Armenian friend, if you have an Armenian significant other, if you have ever interacted with an Armenian, loyalty is such a huge element in the culture. And betrayal, betrayal is the worst, betrayal and denial is the worst you can do to someone who is of our background because 
it's not necessarily through just an environment and an experience personally. It literally runs in our veins. Yeah. And if you don't understand the science of intergenerational trauma and the biological impact of that, then yeah. so I say this to say be gentle and mindful uh, with your Armenian brothers and sisters. And if you are non-Armenian, when you interact with us, understand or have empathy about where that's coming from. And it is so deeply rooted that um, at the end of the day, it literally puts us in a fight or flight mode. Oh, yes. The nervous system. Good point, by the way. Yeah. Our nervous system right now, you guys, it's on high. You know, there's the fight, flight, freeze. Every Armenian right now is on fight. And there's just so much. Um, there's just so much happening right now. And I think, uh, you know, speaking of donations, I know they're very important right now, right? Like super, super important. But if we put the donation inside, aside, and if you just go and say, dude, this is hard. Mm -hmm. I got you. I can understand what you're going through. You're set. Yep. It's just the validation. We yep. just want to be heard. We want validation. Like this has happened. We understand. And this is where the trauma is coming from. Like not being able to cope with that trauma. And mind you, this is, this is what's been instilled in our children. We're not, Armenians are not teaching their children to hate they're not raising their children to have hate for Osiris or Turk. Like, no, that's not that's not what's happening. You can notice, like, and I notice this too. A lot of my clients are instilling so much love, you know, and and that's because of of teaching. It's because of proper education. That's because we're soothing the trauma. We're soothing the brain. We're nurturing the brain. We're telling the brain it's okay. Things will get better. Be gentle with yourself because we're not activating with hate as as we're seeing with others. I mean, no point intended at this point but i'm seeing some videos that's just pretty disturbing like teaching them teaching children how to hate at such an early age pointing to the map and saying this is our enemy land and what is that doing to kids yeah you know i i want to make a couple of points here um one of the things i want to talk about is that this is why this is there was a, such a parallel emotional journey with the black lives matter movement that was happening is that you know you had a lot of armenians who could feel and whether they spoke out or didn't uh, regardless really Absolutely. felt the journey and understood the journey of we just want to be we just want to be heard um it's it's the idea of of wanting recognition it wanting to be um you know validated, validated and acknowledged yeah. right um and the other thing i want to say is that it, interestingly enough i think in even though we've been traumatized for generations and intergenerational trauma runs in our veins. Um, we are a group of people that somehow have taken that. And instead of going into the aggression space, we've got, gone too far into the love space. Case in point, we're protesting peacefully and making kebab and feeding everybody in the middle of Hollywood <laughs> Boulevard, right? When have you heard hundreds of thousands of people coming out to protest a war, setting up a barbecue pit, and then feeding each other uh, through just money and donations that, that, that you collect? Protest. We're making food for everybody. And then clean up after yourself, sweeping yes, the street. 
with, woman? Uh, it's exactly what I'm talking. Listen, I, I'm I'm talking about these things because I have video of them and I want to show people. And there's there's people who are collecting the trash off the street and the woman sweeping it. So, and to 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 say these this is who we are, not because a couple of people are like that, but because those are the values and the core beliefs that have been instilled in us as children. I want to talk a little bit about what can we do now with what's happening and our children because that is and how do we cope with our own transgenerational trauma and how do we soothe and make it better for the next generation let's talk about that because i've seen a lot of children at these protests yes so excellent point by the way because myself and a few other colleagues who are actually pretty big uh, therapists in our Armenian community were coming up with a visual like how to explain the war to children without instilling that like confusion and that anger and that's going to come out probably tonight I'll definitely post that but going back to what you're saying I think one of the most important things that a lot of parents and I'm seeing them do this which I'm so happy about but being mindful of language I think trauma transfers and we can transfer that trauma and we're naturally it's going to happen where we transfer that trauma as they get older they're going to learn about the war and what's happened so it's going to be there but language is very important being mindful of how we talk to them so on the post that i posted about intergenerational trauma that stated using words like they hate us or they are killing us you know um I don't like Azeris or I don't like to don't listen to Turkish music or don't, you know, those types of words, like we have to really reframe. I understand it's important for our culture. And yes, I, I am on the same boat, me being an Armenian, I'm instilling the same kind of uh, values and morals into my son and how he lives, but I'm very mindful of language. So the way I explain the word to him is, you know, we are fighting for our country. We want to make an Armenia and Artach a better place for us so children can go outside and play freely and they can shop freely. And so I'm very soothing about it, not necessarily like, oh, they're killing our soldiers and they're bombing. Children don't have that concept yet. They don't have that logical reasoning. Instantly when you tell a child they're killing, what's going to come up for them is that fear and that the what? Killing, you know? Right. So I'm very soothing about it. So I'll, I'll say things like, we want to make Armenia a safer place. And he said something like, well, mom, isn't Armenia a safe place? I said, yes, it is a safe place, but we want to make it a better place. So I didn't really specify and get into the, mm. I, I shy away from like vivid detail. Yeah. We, you know, it's. Tell me about how you feel about children being at the protests. Now, I'm not, you know, obviously there have been peaceful and, yeah. you know, we're very much a community and a village of this is how we raise our kids. But uh -huh. how, how, what are your thoughts on, on that? I love it. I love it. I am so proud of Haya John. I'm just so proud that, I, like, they were on my street a few days ago. And my son and I, we just walked to Glen Oaks and my son had his flag and he's like mom and you know he was so like 
just proud and he was feeling the vibe and all these like random Armenian guys were coming and picking him up and he was raising his flag. It was just such a touching moment for him. Mm. And he literally turned around and said, I'm going to say this in Armenian, quoting his words, said, Mom, yes, them or hiren and posum. Wow. And it was just so powerful. And I just felt like, oh, you know, I was so emotional. Yeah. So By I the way, for my, from our, from our, for our non-Armenian listeners and friends uh, or uh, viewers, uh, that meant I am so proud that I speak Armenian because I bet he was proud because he understood, he was understanding what was happening yeah. on the street and Absolutely. the conversations that were happening and Absolutely. what people were saying. Yeah. And he, he goes to an all-Armenian school, so he's learning his Russian, he's learning his Armenian, he's very involved in the culture, mm. so I think it's beautiful this is this is so a beautiful. this is a humanitarian issue and not not yeah. not a armenian issue and i think it is yeah. incredibly important that we stand on the right side of history here and we speak up um today it's us yesterday it was rwanda and it was libya and it was syria and it's and you know it's it, it, tomorrow you don't know who it's going to be because if we don't stand up and speak up and raise our voices collectively as humans. Um, you know, this, this fight comes to our doorstep, just like we watched with BLM. And I, and I feel so strongly about the humanitarian, um, side of this, that I, it was so incredibly important to, to have this conversation. In fact, I'm actually going to have another one with another therapist that I think we cannot talk about this often yeah. because uh, the other thing that happens within our community is that, mental health is so stigmatized and I want you to talk a little bit about that is that, you know, we, um, even though mental health has been a very big, important aspect of my life because of my journalism, um, there is a level of a, a whole other level of awareness that has to happen in order for us to then unpack, um, unpack traumas that have happened to us individually, but also traumas that are intergenerational, that are, that are things that we did not have or control over, and it was not environmental. Um, and so there's a whole other awareness that has to happen. And I don't know if a lot of people in the community have that awareness. Can we talk a little bit about that and how yeah. we can shift the tide and change the tide and make that something that, that is often talked about and, help us yeah. get better as a collectively this is actually a very very difficult topic for me to talk about because since i've had my instagram page from 2015 if you scroll down from years ago i had posted goal uh a, you know new year's resolution to help the armenian community understand that help help getting help is not a shameful thing it's actually a great thing mm -hmm. and, and we're slowly getting there but one of the videos that I also posted is this is the time for Armenians to wake up. This is the time for Bolor Haire, all Armenians, to wake up and say, I want to raise strong, courageous Armenian children that are going to do good for the community. If other cultures are accepting it, if other cultures are okay with their children accepting and receiving help for anxiety and depression, we need to wake up. We need to do the same thing for our culture, yet if we want strong Armenian children. It starts here, it starts today, it starts now. And it's and it starts with us. It starts you with cannot, us. You cannot raise strong Armenian courageous children if you do not 
shine the light on yourself and work on your ish. Absolutely. And it's not about what so-and-so said, Harivana, what's the neighbor going to think? What's it's not about them. Put your anxiety aside, put your guilt and what's coming up for you as a parent aside. It's not about you. It's about helping your children because they're the future. How many children have we lost at war? A lot. I'm continuing to lose, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But these children are going to be that future because the, the, their generation is, is mind-boggling to say, but they're being wiped out. The, you know, 1994, how, how old are these kids? Uh, 2001, 2002, year 2004, year, it's, they're young, they're babies. Yeah. We have got to put that, take off that mama bear hat and put on that superwoman hat. Uh, put the feelings aside, put our own dilemmas or whoever what whoever said who aside and take charge and take stand and say, my child is having anxiety because of too much homework. I'm not going to say, get over it, bounce me. Where, when, when I was in school, blah, 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 it's not about you. Take yourself out of that equation, get them the help they need. And this is why we have people like myself going to school, educating ourselves daily. Therapists don't sit down. We don't get a master's and a doctorate and sit down. It's life learning journey for us. Every day, interventions change, medications change. We're always updating. So we're doing it for you guys. Right. We're doing it so that you can come to us and become stronger and, and have a good, solid mindset. Be mindful of what's happening. So it starts from us. It starts from you, Silva. It starts from me. It starts from everyone. So we need to take that stand and accept yeah. that. And it and it's and it's it's it starts with uh, you know first of all talking about it and saying that it's okay, and then secondly is that you know making a commitment to a better version of yourself. And if you you decide that you want to be a better version of yourself so that you can do better for the next generation, then then you have to be willing to take the responsibility of the work that is required to do that. And that means unpacking your trauma. That means being conscious of what's happening. That means being aware of your feelings. That means being mindful. That means finding an outlet. That means talking to to a therapist. That means doing a lot more reading. That means Reaching reaching out and staying really present about why you are the way you are. And these are so such heavy and difficult things to do. Um, I heard them through my, throughout my life and I keep talking about them and I'm hoping that it sort of turns on a light bulb for people as we do. I think but, it will. But also remember, and I love that you constantly post, be gentle with yourself. Oh, be, it, this is not an overnight thing. This is all of a sudden the light, the lights not, the switch is not going to come on, and the room is going to get bright, and everything's going to be okay. This yeah. is a process where you literally, uh, it's like I, I, I compare it to like a uh, have the Christmas lights that we get, and it's literally one bulb at a time, <laughs> right? And literally, literally one bulb at a time. It's not one of those things where you plug it in and the whole thing turns on. No, you got to screw on one bulb at a time until you Absolutely. get to. And I always say the onion too. There's, there's right. those layers. It's just constantly peeling and peeling, peeling until you get to the center. 
which is the best version of yourself. Yeah. You and know? it's a journey and accept that. Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit about how we can be gentle. How, what else can we do to be gentle with ourselves? And I know you have to go, so we'll make this quick. Yeah, it's fine. Um, honestly, I think one of the most important things is like not to really fight with yourself. I think Armenians have such a strong vocabulary. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, what do you mean? Well, I never noticed. So, um, I think what are you talking here, about? <laughs> like when something is coming up, like I'm going to say verbatim, but we'll say something like, or like, or like, or like, and, and that's directed towards ourselves. Like, I hate this. Or why am I like this? Or those, those words need to stop. The, our, our self-talk game is... It's it's, wrong, but it's bad. Okay. Yeah, it's at its, at its peak. <laughs> so we need to, and there's some curse words I hear some people say to themselves, and I'm like, what are you doing? No, you can't talk to yourself like that. So it's about being mindful of language. Like, how do you approach yourself? And this is the one thing that I'll say is you always have to approach yourself as you were approaching an innocent child. Mm. okay so you would not approach an innocent child as having discomfort like what are you doing get over it da, 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 da. pull yourself up oh how could you do this and throw some curse words in there no because we all have that inner inner child in us mm. right yeah so if we all have intergenerational trauma we're most likely all stuck at whatever age that we're, our trauma occurred so if I was born and raised in Armenia in the worst times possible where the Azerbaijan war is still happening in the 1990s. So 1991, 1992, no lights, no water, without, without food for days. So this happened when I was about eight. Mm. So when, when things like this come up instantly, I go back to my eight year old self and my behaviors and, and, and the way I kind of like behave to things. I notice I'm like, Oh my God, I'm acting like that eight year old little girl. What's happening? So I always have to be very mindful and soothe myself. Like, it's okay. It will be okay. This is difficult. Uh, this is bringing up a lot of feelings. And Armenians are probably going to be like, what are you doing? Why are you talking to yourself like that? <laughs> We're not used to it. Yes, when I say that, my clients laugh at me, especially the men. But then when they start doing it with like training and kind of like role playing, they feel better. Like, wow, this really is helpful. Eddie, like, yeah. This stuff really works, and it does. And Holanes says <laughs> Okay? Okay. Holanes says it works. Who is Holanes? Introduce us to Holanes. Holanes is actually a traditional um, Armenian. You know, she has, like, the costumes, like, from the shoes. And this, this he's a villager, and he's amazing. And I just, I guess he's just here to kind of, he grounds me. So when I am feeling very overwhelmed from hearing sad stories, I just like look at him and it just reminds me that, you know, be present. Yeah. And so that's, hold on, this is my grounding technique. That's awesome. But Thank you so much. Language is important. Language is important. Be yeah. gentle with yourself. Um, what I'm going to do is I am going to add your Instagram on this video as well. So if, if people want to reach out. Um, thank you for taking time and talking to us. Hopefully this conversation has helped somebody, has given someone some information, some enlightenment. Uh, please take a moment and read my article as well. I'll try to add some other resources onto um, the resources page so that you can stay informed. And all we're asking you to do, my non-Armenian friends, <laughs> um, even my Armenian friends, just reach out, check in with each other, 
keep each other, you know, uplifted and positive um, because there's nothing worse than going through something like this and feeling like you're alone and, and, and that nobody is hearing you. So, um, or cares about you. So just be there for each other and be kind with your language. Thank you, Eddie John. Thank you. Thank you so much. You and I, we're, we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to do a loop and then come back around and talk to you. Cause you have a very interesting story. So I want people to be, to, to keep an eye on our next interview. Cause I want to talk about that. <laughs> It'll be my honor. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you all for listening and watching. Be sure to check us out on YouTube and on podcast and also on on the website uh, for all of the, if you want to read this content, it's available too. So thank you again. See you next time.